And we're recording. Okay. Um, do you have anything anything else weird to get out of your system before we start? No. <laughs> okay. Are you gonna Are you gonna do that ASMR whisper the whole time? Hello, welcome to our ASMR Yu-Gi-Oh podcast. <laughs> <laughs> To podcast is that the title we're staying with? Uh, no, the name of the show is "You Activated My Podcast." Okay, a I weekly we Yu-Gi-Oh around. recap podcast. All right. Uh, I am. Uh, to be fair, we're recapping not new episodes, but the original episodes that came out in like <laughs> mid two thousands or whenever. Uh, yeah, yeah, we are uh, going back through uh, the OG uh, Yugi. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um uh my name is Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And uh yeah, this is episode 1. Uh we're going to be watching episode 1 of Yu-Gi-Oh! Heart of the Cards. Uh but first, it's, it's time for some news. Are you just going to do that for like every single segment? Probably, yes. Okay. Uh, so I have a, a story here from TheVerge.com uh, from January 20th titled, This Rare Yu-Gi-Oh! Card is on sale in Tokyo for over $400,000. I have to ask, is it a Blue Eyes White Dragon? Uh, let's find out. Close. Card Shop Spiral Specialty Store of Tokyo is selling a card called Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon oh, for okay. a whopping 45 million yen, which is roughly 406,800 US dollars. Uh, it's apparently a one of a kind card, which I, we're kind of going to get into in today's episode, the importance of that, I guess. Um, it was a prize for an Asian championship series and also comes with a sideboard that has a signature from Kazuki Takahashi, the original creator of Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, all right. Yeah. So that's a thing. Um, one of the things that we will, uh, kind of talk about in today's episode is like card rarity. Uh, but apparently this blue eyes ultimate dragon. So says this verge article is not even the most expensive Yu-Gi-Oh card ever listed. Do you want to guess how much the most expensive one was? I'm going to guess at least a couple million. Uh, you're correct. You want to give me a specific guess? Three. Three million. You are not even close, actually. Really? Yes. Uh, it was a one-of-a-kind Japanese black luster soldier made of stainless steel. and I, I don't know how you put that in a deck. It was listed online. <laughs> I wonder which card this is. <laughs> it was listed online for a whopping 90, or 998 million yen, so about $10 million. Jeez. Uh, but reportedly it only sold for about $2 million. <laughs> Still one of the most valuable trading cards of all time. Just period. Huh. Um, highest documented sale for a single Yu-Gi-Oh card falls quite short of all these numbers. $9,000 for Armament of the Lethal Lords, which was given to winners of the World Championship Series in 2006. Oh, only $9,000. Okay. Yeah, you know, not not much. Not much. Uh, Pocket change. This article lists other things if you could buy. Kaiba. Yeah, if... if <laughs> hey, topical reference. Hey... Uh, the article lists other things that you could buy for $400,000. Do you want to give a couple guesses there? Uh, 
a down payment on a nice house. Uh, yeah, you could buy yourself a nice house. That's actually literally one of the things that they list. Uh, you could also buy a private island, uh, a couple of quad calibrated turntables, which I'm looking that up right now. It I think is an incredibly fancy DJ set, if I remember That's correctly. That's what it sounds like. Uh, Swiss engineered quad calibrated turntable. Oh no, nope. It's it's just a. Oh, I see. It's like a record player. But like a really, really freaking good. Yeah, holy player. cow! This is like the Swiss Army watch of of record players. Of record players. So not only does it play records, it also like peels potatoes. Yeah, and, like and makes you dinner, and yeah, plays or for four hundred thousand dollars, you could buy a Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon. Um, I'm looking at, I literally just did a Google search for Yu-Gi-Oh! News uh, a few minutes ago just to kind of see what was happening. The Yu-Gi-Oh! The movie is heading back to theaters, says comicbook.com. Back to theaters. Um, we are definitely going to have to check that out. Uh, it's a Fathom event for March 11th or 12th, so just about three weeks from now. So, yeah, we should look into that for sure. Um, do you have any Yu-Gi-Oh! News, Jimmy? No, I don't. Okay. You're the one looking at your phone uh, over here. Well, you know, just And just also, I should mention, this is the first time I've seen an episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! in like at least 10 years. That's right, yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about our, our Yu-Gi-Oh! experience. I uh, grew up watching the show. Um, I remember when it first came out, at least in the States. I'd, I'm going to see right now whether or not it came out earlier in uh, like Japan maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of fell off the Yu-Gi-Oh bandwagon for a while. I never really got into card game. Um, and then in college, I started watching it again. Um, so I've seen, that seems pretty on brand for yeah. you. <laughs> uh, and you never watched the anime. You did. No, a little bit. I grew up watching, uh, mostly Cartoon Network. And then it, I saw like. I would like be flipping through channels sometimes and I would watch like part of an episode and it just didn't appeal to me at all. It just seemed kind of dumb and lo and behold, it is kind of dumb. Yeah, you were not <laughs> wrong there. Um, I'm looking here. Two animes were produced. One by Toei Animation, which aired from April 4th, 1998 to October 10th, 1998. This is the one that I think I'm familiar with. And then another produced by NAS and animated by Studio Gallup titled Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters, which aired between 2000 and 2004. Okay, if I had seen any of them, it would probably be that one. Okay. Um, but again, I don't remember anything about <laughs> it whatsoever. Uh, so for those of you who may be listening, still, wow, I mean, you guys are the real champions. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh! is an anime ostensibly for children based on a card game that people are still playing. Yeah. There are still Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments out there apparently. I mean, and you know, obviously people are buying Yu-Gi-Oh cards oh, still. Yeah. Um, it is, uh, not a good show. <laughs> um, I'm glad you're the first to really admit I, that despite the I one to... who wanted to make this podcast. Well, no, because so, so the, it, I, it's not a good show in the same way that like Power Rangers is not a good show or the same way that Friends is not a good show. It's a show Ooh. where, oh, Friends is not a good show. We can get into that. Um, <laughs> going to receive our first hate mail and we're not even like 
10 minutes in. <laughs> I do what I can. Um, it's, it's one of those shows that you can put it on and you don't, you don't feel beholden to it in any way. You don't really need to pay attention to it. You don't really need to appreciate it. There's nothing like complex going on. Um, it's just sort of something you can have pleasantly wash over you. Uh, so that's why I keep coming back to the show is it something that's just genuinely fun for me to watch as kind of like a, uh, almost like a hobby, you know, I'll have it like on while I'm, you know, playing video games or cooking or something like that. And it's just kind of a, kind of a thing to have on, but why I wanted to do the show was because so few of my friends have actually seen this show that I keep coming back to. So I am going to subject you to it. (laughs) Thanks. And you're gonna like Thanks, it. Tyler. God damn it. <laughs> That's up for debate. That's up for debate. Well, uh, do you wanna do you wanna have that debate now? Should we get into the episode? Sure. Okay. It's, it's time, time to discuss the episode. So what what we're gonna do here is we've got it up on the TV, and I've got it on mute with subtitles on. Oh, I've got it on mute at least. I will say before we get into this, I have seen. Yu-Gi-Oh abridged. Yeah, so so talk to me about that for a second. What what is the difference between Yu-Gi-Oh and Yu-Gi-Oh abridged for people who may not know? Yu-Gi-Oh abridged is basically condensing the show and redubbing all the lines to be making fun of it the whole time. And I'd say it's a far better show than <laughs> the actual show itself because this was just like a YouTube thing that some guy made for fun and not like a multi-million dollar production. Right. And the the major difference I can see is that the actual show takes itself so freaking seriously, but it's just completely terrible at the same time. There's no self-awareness. As far as I can tell, Yu-Gi-Oh! is the room of anime about playing cards. Uh, I... Uh, I mean, that comparison pains me a little bit, but... You know I'm right. Yeah, I know you're right. That's that's the problem, is that it takes itself incredibly seriously. So maybe if we get through all 49 episodes of season one, uh, we will uh, go ahead and do uh, a season on on Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged, maybe. It will be a huge improvement. We'll fly through that. Uh, So uh, episode one, season one of Yu-Gi-Oh! is called The Heart of the Cards. Um, I want to, I want to start at the beginning, which is a very good place to start. The narrator says, when the pyramids were still young. Oh yeah. No, please. No, keep going. I'm into the it. Egyptian Kings played the game of great and terrible power. Yep. You're going to have to keep playing. Okay. But these shadow games erupted into a war that threatened to destroy the entire world until a brave and powerful pharaoh locked the magic away, imprisoning it within the mystical millennium items. Now, 5,000 years later, a boy named Yugi unlocks a secret of the millennium puzzle that has to do with all these cards. He is infused with ancient magical powers and yada yada, for destiny has chosen him from to save the world from the return of these shadow games like the games themselves yeah, are just, bad just as the brave pharaoh did just 5, as years. the brave pharaoh did uh and then okay so so the show already in in the goddamn intro 
okay, I got to go back to the right place. Cause I, there's a very particular image that haunts me. Uh, and it's the millennium puzzle, which is this like pyramid shaped, uh, that's gotta necklace, be the most basically obnoxious. it's like a giant amulet. It's got to be the most obnoxious thing to have to wear around your neck like that because you can see Yugi walking around. If you were walking around with like this like five-pound piece of jewelry with a huge sharp point stabbing into your sternum the whole time, you're not right. going to enjoy it. Right, and, and that's the thing is like, do we know how heavy this is? Because it looks like it's fucking solid gold. <laughs> it looks like you'd like smash a window with that. And Yugi is, I mean, maybe 10 years old. Yeah, he's this 10-year-old boy wielding this, like, huge freaking rock that first responders use to get people out of cars. (laughs) (laughs) Smash the window, carve the door right off with this freaking eyeball millennium puzzle. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's time to save this man. (laughs) And then... Just as quickly, turn around. It's time to kill everyone in my vicinity with this giant melee weapon hanging from my neck. The magical amulet. Like, this has to be at least 30 pounds, is my guess. That's just hanging there. It looks like it. Because it's, it's, you know, he can fit it in two hands, right? And it does seem to vary in size based on the shot. Maybe that's just poor animation. I don't know. Um... But no, but so the shot that haunts me is he solves the puzzle, ostensibly. We don't see him working on the puzzle, even though it's called the Millennium Puzzle. We, we're seeing it in its, like, solved state, I'm assuming. It uh, doesn't even have, like, is it like a national treasure kind of puzzle, or is it like a, like a Rubik's Cube, that, but it's like a Rubik's Pyramid, or how exactly does he solve the puzzle? See, this is a thing that I think we learn towards the end of season two. Okay. <laughs> so a hundred episodes from now, we may learn the answer to this. That's good to know. Um, but then, so he solves it, it glows, it rises up into the air, wind, anime wind, and then he gets this like glowing third eye tattoo in the middle of his forehead. And the shot in the intro is him opening his eyes and he likes the camera spins around and then he has two shadows. And then later on, it's a silhouette of him splitting into two separate people. So the thing that they don't explain in this episode, but they use in this episode is that, Oh, when they say just like the Pharaoh 5,000 years before him, no, 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 no. That is the Pharaoh in the millennium puzzle, possessing the body of this 10 year old child. I feel like that Did would you get be... that at all from this episode, or is that I mean, just I, the intro? I knew that previously, so now seeing it, I'm just like, yeah, okay. But they don't tell you that at all, and I feel like that would be helpful information. Right? And I think it would actually make it a lot cooler if that's what you lead into. Yeah. That he's also got this, like, millennia-year-old brilliant mind, like, actually magic, like, inhabiting him part-time. Right. My part-time pharaoh inhabitant. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the, the other thing that I really want to point out about the intro that's just buck wild to me is that I have such vivid memories of adoring this theme song. Like, I, I had it on an MP3 player. It has three lines of, of lyrics. Do you know what they are? 
Uh, one of them is it's time to duel. Yes, that is the final lyric. Yes, the other moves are your move said repeatedly. Oh, and, I do remember that. And kind of echoing. Yu Gi Oh. Thrilling. Thrilling. This is the best theme insightful song. Insightful lyrics, but for some reason, twelve-year-old me was like, "Yeah, no, this is the shit. I'm into it." Nothing has surprised Nothing. me less, Tyler. <laughs> it was that, and I think it was "Running with Scissors" by Weird Al. That was my jam. <laughs> uh, so that was actually the album that actually introduced me to music. Oh no, shit. Yeah, beyond oh. like video game soundtracks. So do you do the same? thing that I do and I'm sure other millennials of our ilk do that's uh confusing the original songs with Oh the yeah, songs. I don't know any of these songs. <laughs> I only know the Weird Al versions and I of always, them. I always feel like such like an uncultured piece of shit when I hear a song come <laughs> on the radio. I'm like, "Oh, I love this. This is my jam." They see me rolling, they hating, and they know that I'm too white and nerdy. Wait. And then I have to like hide my <laughs> hang my head in shame and hide and yeah, or a song will come on and it'll be like one of the lyrics from his polka medleys and be like, oh, that's where this right. is from. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. It's not shameful, though. Weird Al is a blessing unto the world. That's true. This is very true. We've seen him live uh, and it was majestic and wonderful. Um, this intro goes on for forever. And I know that we've paused it a few times, but in real time, this intro goes on for forever. Um, we are at, uh, okay, so the title card just came up. We're at a minute 42 in, and like literally just now have we learned the name of the show. Uh, One thing that really bothers me for the intro, it keeps, uh, I mean, I know it's a 4-3 aspect ratio yeah, because it came out in the 90s, but the intro keeps having like these weird vertical 16 by 9 cuts, like someone's filming this for Snapchat. Yeah, I think... And that's, a, that's such a weird design choice. I think this is where vertical video came from. It's really, from Yu-Gi-Oh! It's really hard to tell. And I, I have tried, <laughs> I've tried justifying that in my head as, like, that's the aspect ratio of a Yu-Gi-Oh! playing card. Oh, I can see it. You know, like you're holding a yeah. card up vertically. But then even in the cards, that's not what you're looking at. You're looking at a 4x3 image of the monster, and then below that is another 4x3 image of the, like description of what the monster does, right? Yeah. So... I mean, I don't know. I've never actually seen a Yu-Gi-Oh card. <laughs> That's another thing that we're going to have to get to in the show. Um, so, yeah. So, I don't know. It does It does bug me in the intro, the the changing aspect ratios. Um, but the show does eventually start. Uh, and it starts with the, the school that they go to and is apparently not brought up again ever. Uh, oh yeah, these are just like children, like not even older children. Yeah, I, they're young kids. I think so. We're introduced to Yugi and Joey, and uh, they are playing dual monsters, um, which Joey apparently has never even heard of before. Well, well, no. So Joey is is a novice. Tristan has never heard of it before, and Tristan uh, comes in with you know possibly the first homoerotic reference ever in a, a children's TV show when he comes Definitely in and he, and he hugs. <laughs> oh God. I'm yeah, sure no, there's you're, more. no, you're right. Yeah, you're probably right. So, so he hugs joy from behind and he all but kisses him on the cheek and it's, it's really adorable. Like right on the back of the head. Or yeah. Almost. 
And just be like, hey, babe, what's up? And he goes, isn't it cute when he's trying to be serious? Uh, or isn't it cute when he's thinking? And Joey reveals that Yugi is teaching him how to play dual monsters. Just as like, a, I'm guessing they're, I don't know, are they on like lunch? Is this reason? Is this recess? In, what is this? They're like, in class, but they're not like learning anything. Currently. Right. And they've got school uniforms on. Out. Nothing's happening. Uh, Taya is introduced as well. These are kind of the four uh, amigos of this show. Um, and Taya explains the rules of the game. Um, Jimmy, do you remember the rules of the game that Taya explains? No. Okay. Literally, I just had them up. Uh, with closed captioning on. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back and I'm going to have you read them because I want to see... Each card has an attack number and a defense number. Okay, there we go. Okay, tangent. Um, yeah. yeah, 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 okay. Tristan has never heard of dual monsters. Yes. monsters. When, and I feel that that's extremely hard to believe given that um, Yugi is like so talented at it. Also, frickin' Kaiba is, like, the number one player in the world, like, in his own classroom. Yeah. You think he, and he's such a smug asshole. You know he must have mentioned it a couple times. Right. There's no way Tristan can have, like, like, this is the first time he's ever heard of it. That's just ridiculous. This is something that we'll learn. It's the, it's one of the, if not the most popular games in the world. This would be, like... I mean, I can't think of a real-world scenario because we have lots of games, but, like... Yeah, but this is, like, the main game in this universe. Yeah, this would be, like, somebody coming up to me, like, somebody in their 30s, right? And being like, Yahtzee, what's that? I've never heard of that. Well, I think it's more akin to, like... Monopoly. Someone hanging out in a classroom, and they're like, football? What's football? Right, yeah, even though... When you're... Freaking classmate is like Tim Tebow or whoever. Right, but like the the thing, yeah. A your classmate is Tim Tebow, and Tristan isn't like uh he's not like a transfer. He's not like an exchange student. He has grown up with these other friends. Yeah, like, he's like best they all friends know with this each guy other. Who is like super good and it's like his only hobby is playing <laughs> dual monsters. Right, and he's like never heard of it. Right. Come uh, on, Tristan, get your shit together. And I, maybe Yugi's a new kid. I I honestly forget. I don't think he is, though. I think they've all been friends for a while, and they're certainly best friends by the end of this episode. Um, okay, so they're playing. Joey makes a move. Joey's like, oh, it's a good move, huh? And Yugi goes, good, but not good enough. I know I'm teaching you this card game, but I'm going to kick your ass I'm in front of everyone. kick your ass. <laughs> and... So Joey's like, oh, man, that card's too powerful. It knocks me out. And uh, Yugi's like, no, you still played well. I just have better cards. I just happen to have better cards because my grandpa owns a game shop, so I can just go in and take all the best cards he has and make my decks with him. And, okay, so this is part one of why this is not a good show, is this is not a good game either. <laughs> and this is the reason that I bounced off of it the first time, is I tried, I genuinely tried getting into Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, as a card game, but... And this is a complaint I kind of have with magic as well. Uh, it is entirely rarity based. If you have more rare cards, you will win. There is almost no strategy that's involved in that. That's a fair assessment. You buy better cards, and that's it. 
That's the whole strategy. Magic, you can like kind of get away with like, okay, I have shitty cards, but they all work well together. Yeah, right? well, they're common, but they're still good. Right, right, right. Um, no, no such luck here. Not at all. Because the more expensive cards have like higher attack power, higher defense, or like special abilities, like we'll see in this episode, that just mean you win the game. Um, so yeah, so then we're introduced to uh, the shitty shitbag shitboy. Fuckboy? Uh, he's kind of a fuckboy, yeah. Seto Kaiba. Uh, and we're introduced to him because Yugi is bragging about how his grandpa owns a game store. And he goes, we should go see if he has any new cards. Maybe he'll even show you his ultra rare card. Ultra rare card? Could that be the one card that's just specific enough to be the single no, you, card that I've been looking you for? Have to, you have to do the Seto Kaiba voice, though. He has a very specific voice. I don't remember what his he voice He kind of says. talks like this. Oh, yeah, that's right. Rare card. Could that be... The blue eyes white dragon? Could they have found the card that I've been searching for? Uh, <laughs> and then they go to his GameStop, his friggin' game store. Yeah. That's just called Game. It's a giant sign on the front that just says Game. And later on, that's so, all they call it is the game store. Maybe that's the only game store in the whole city. I think this is the only game store in so when you talk potentially about the whole country. The game store. Oh, it's the game store. The game store. Uh, and they meet Yugi's grandpa, uh, who is just called Grandpa, I think. Um, I have no idea how he keeps his hair like that. Yeah, hair is a big question in this game because Grandpa has the lower half of Yugi's hair. And it's, I don't know how to explain it. Like, you know, you know, like in an anime, obviously, uh, like lightning bolts, when you see lightning bolts appear behind a character and they're doing like a pose, right? Imagine if they took those lightning bolts and made them hair. That's basically what it That's looks basically like. what it is. And then Yugi has hair on top of that, which is essentially just black Super Saiyan hair. He's got like four kinds of hair sticking out of his head that's all dyed different colors. I have no idea how I... that's even physically possible. He it's it's like I wonder which of these characters is the main character. Have you seen that picture of Yugi in a crowd and with all these like normal anime people standing around? Then there's him with like his bright black <laughs> neon uh, pink and yellow hair just front and center. Like talk about where's Waldo. Yeah, and like I I've seen a few Yugi cosplayers and I've read interviews with them and the hardest part has to be the hair and I think really the like accepted way to make the hair is to just get a giant block of foam and carve it so that you have some like you're essentially wearing a helmet at that point uh-huh. it just happens to be shaped like this weird anime hair um i also want to point out that yugi is uh, a a fucking rebel in the scene because he's clearly wearing bracelets on his school uniform uh and no one else is? I was noticing the school uniforms earlier because they seem to like make all the kids wear uniforms, but the dress code itself is pretty relaxed. Like you can basically do anything with your school uniform as long as you're wearing the blue. Yeah, so long as you have the, the, the individual pieces. The it seems like you can, you can do pop whatever. Your collars, you can be wearing different colored shirts. Who cares? Right. Which I'm into. I mean that's a that's a that's a cool policy to have. Yeah, but um, still. But it's a little confusing. 
so they they beg Yugi's grandpa to uh, show him show them his special rare card. He had to think about it for a good long minute. Yeah, it. He seemed really hesitant, and then they were like, "Please," and he goes, "Well, okay." Like you, the I. Yugi has got to have seen this before. Oh, and Yugi's he definitely like, seen it before. What is it? A blue eyes white dragon. Yeah, and he acts surprised, and it is. It's a blue eyes white dragon. That's the the one card that everyone knows from this fucking TV show is blue eyes white dragon because it becomes such a meme. Just from this one episode, <laughs> like we don't see it again for Does a while. Not? We don't. I mean, we see it again, yeah, but like. And you'll learn why. Like, we don't see, especially this card again, for a <laughs> long-ass time. To be fair, I can totally understand why people have only seen one episode of this show. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I also want to point out that he pulls out the Blue-Eyes White Dragon, and most Yu-Gi-Oh cards are the size of, like, a standard deck of playing cards, right? Like, they're, you know, roughly that, like, yeah. couple inches by, by a few inches. It's card-shaped. He pulls out this card... And it must be, like, something in the perspective that they're trying to show, but the card takes up, like, it's bigger than his face. He's not <laughs> holding it that much closer to the camera than his face is, and it is covering most of his face. So this must be just, like, some special card that you can't put in an actual deck, I guess. I don't well, know. Well, it's like that card you were talking about earlier, the metal one. It's right. Like, how do you actually play it? You can't. You can't. Then what's the point you of just, it? You just look at it. Uh, so the blue eyes, right? Dragon, so rare, so powerful. I never let it leave my hands. Uh, he keeps it in this like wooden box. Uh, and then Tristan just fucking yoinks it. Yeah. And he's like, well, I don't see what's so special again, proving that Tristan somehow doesn't know anything about this game or how to listen to people, even though he's lived here his whole life. This is like my most special rare card. I'd better get my grubby schoolboy hands all over it. Yeah. Uh, so everyone's and then pissed the at Tristan. Just grabs it away and holds it like Gollum. Yeah, <sighs> my precious. Oh God, no! And he he, do, he even does the Gollum pose in this next well, shot here, which is really great. He kind of looks like um, Bilbo when he sees the ring in uh, yes. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. He's sort of a like if if they let Rankin and Bass do another animated movie, uh, and they just animated over Ian Holm playing Bilbo. Yeah, that's what that would look like. Um, so Joey wants to trade cards. Um, they all laugh and have a good time. And then the door to the shop opens and Seto Kaiba returns. And Grandpa goes, can I help you? And Seto backlit is like. He's like this angel coming in. Or something, which God, is like yeah. the most ridiculous, over-the-top thing for this this anime about playing a card game. I and I think what they're trying to do is they're they're emulating like a a shot in a western here, you know, where the desperado gunslinger throws the door open and he's lit, he's backlit by the sun and he can't see his face. But then Kaiba takes it over the edge because he's got that again that like gravelly emo voice, and he's again like a thirteen-year-old child. Uh, he goes, if you can't help me, it certainly wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> and oh, he takes himself so seriously, but it's still just a kid with a briefcase looking to buy a card. Yeah. So that's the thing. So he's carrying this metal briefcase. Uh, he's wearing the same school uniform as everyone else. Except uh, he buttons his, though. Yeah. I, th I think he's the one person that wears it properly. 
Um, and he tells everyone he's here to see the Blue Eyes White Dragon. Uh, and Joey's like, oh, you're into Duel Monsters too? Cool, let's duel sometime. Uh, and then Kaiba says, I think my favorite line of this whole show, uh, when Joey's like, oh, we should all duel sometime, Kaiba goes, me, duel you? And he, he's got that like mean girls sort of on Wednesdays we wear pink kind of vibe to him. And he goes, I would have more of a challenge playing solitaire, which is... The That's sickest kind of a burn, though. Oh, that is kind of a self. Like, Solitaire's not that hard. <laughs> like I'm just playing against myself. Yeah, the game itself is hard. But I, but I think that's what he means. Is like, yeah. Joey's that bad. I don't know. I don't know. And then he says he's the number one du- ranked duelist in the country and the favorite to win the Duel Monsters Championship. So apparently, like, we're learning that this is again a big deal in this world, and Tristan knows nothing about it. And I, I just want to keep harping on that. Yeah, again, it's like if Team T- Tim Tebow was your classmate and, like, this is the first time you found out that he plays football. Yeah, after, like, four years, yeah. right? Like, senior year, you're like, so, Tim, what are you going to do? Oh, you know, I'm going to go I'm gonna go. I'm I'm going to some... keep playing professional yeah, I'm gonna, football. I'm going to continue playing football what? as I have been for these... F- <laughs> complete surprise. Um, <laughs> so, Kaiba finally sees the Boys White Dragon, and they do this, like blue the, everything turns blue and it does a close up of his face and he's sweating and he's thinking to himself it is it is the card i've been searching for uh like why is he so shocked to see it like this is giving him heart palpitations and it's like dude you own 3 of them why is it such a surprise that you've found another well, one well that's the twist later on that you've now spoiled thank you i don't think anyone i don't think to anyone actually cares uh, so, yeah. so yeah, so it's revealed later on that Kaiba has three blue eyes, white dragons already, and he's just buying the remainder so that he could be the only person with this card. Um, and he's like, I mean, he's got a hard on for this card and he's sweating bullets in this game shop and grandpa's like, nope, sorry, not going to sell it to you. Uh, and so he slams this briefcase down. <laughs> what did you expect to be in this briefcase when he first put the briefcase down? Because I'll tell, I'll tell you what, what I thought it was going to be. Probably like gold bars or like something. Like gold bars, right? Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, and he, he, he opens it up and we see it's, it's got a red like padded velvet lining. And he spins it around and Grandpa goes, oh. And he's so intrigued by what it is. And Kaiba goes, listen, uh, give me your blue eyes white dragon. And, and it pans down to what's in the briefcase. And it's a bunch of dual monsters cards that he wants to trade for the blue eyes white dragon have you been in a game shop before because you have to use money (laughs) yeah have you have you ever gone into a game shop and traded cards i think it's a thing that happens but it's never it's not a thing that i have seen happen no uh and i spend time in game shops on a fairly regular basis yeah like you know we're, we're not strangers to them but so the the nuts thing about this for me is that even after Grandpa goes, no, I won't trade it, Kaiba goes, okay, if you won't trade it, maybe you can sell it, name your price, I can pay anything you ask. The way he says it says nothing about money. It's like, I can get you things. Is that the vibe that you got? That's the vibe that I got. I was just assuming he was going to say like, oh, I'll take a billion dollars, please. Right, well, and this is the one and only time that anyone mentions paying for cards with money. Instead of trading. Instead of trading. <laughs> and I don't, I don't understand how that is a viable system. Like, is that the only way that you can get cards in this world is by trading? That would explain why they're so rare. Because there's only like 
have four of them and you have to keep trading around and like one person can just hoard them all. And yeah. you have to go directly to them. Right. But then how do you how do you trade that person anything that's valuable to them? Or like like if you have to trade a lot of card a lot of less valuable cards to get one more valuable card, you just run out of cards after a while. I don't know, man. This you you're the one who likes this show. It, no, it, I'm just here to talk shit. This is one of the things that I <laughs> thank you. This is one of the things that I that I wonder about on an almost daily basis. Um so Grandpa turns down the offer. He what goes, is interesting to me is yeah. that he says, name your price. And Grandpa could have easily been just like, I'll take your company. Because this, right? this child is running a company. Yeah, and that's the thing that they've kind of said in bits and pieces. But like he owns Kaiba Corporation, which is this big multinational company. Um, and uh, Grandpa says, no, I, I don't want to sell it. It's not because it's like a rare, powerful card or whatever, but it's because a, an old friend gave it to me. Uh, and I treasure it completely. Uh, I'm not going to part with it. And uh, and then they do another anime close-up on Kaiba. It was like a series of closer and closer cuts getting to his face, and he's like, no! Like, it's this horrible, horrible thing. Yeah, it's it's similar to, like, someone dying in Dragon Ball is what, it, is what that <laughs> shot feels like. Um, they, this next shot is one of my favorites too because it's oh, yeah. it's sort of a medium shot of Yugi being like, "You wouldn't give it up even if it were a common card, right, Grandpa?" Uh, but then obscuring his face a little bit is Kaiba's shaking fist drawn <laughs> in excruciating detail compared to everything else in the show. He, he is extremely emotionally involved in these cards. He loves them. He just loves them so much. Gotta he wants, love those he cards. wants them all. And it's it's trembling. His fist is trembling and it's so precious. It's like the uh, that um that Arthur meme. Yes, that's what I was thinking of. This this is my favorite line of the episode. You see, this precious card has bonded with my heart. Yeah, it's something that grandpa keeps harping on is like the heart of the cards and my heart and your heart and our heart and card heart and he 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 loves getting his heart on. He does. <laughs> and that's the thing about this show that it's really trying to dive into is that when you have, when you build your deck of cards, that it has this like spirit that you have to have faith in to get you good cards, that you have to believe in the heart of the cards, then it will reward you with um, statistically unlikely cards right. when you're winning the game. Right. So it's only, it's only half about the rare cards. And I wish I. I really wish that it worked this way in real life because that would make me much better at a lot of games. Um, it, it's half the cards and half your confidence and belief in the cards your that will lead you to cards. your 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 heart of the cards. Can you imagine if like other card games? You can keep playing it. Okay. If other card games worked like that, like if you're building a magic deck or whatever reason, and you have to have like, have you had a a personal relationship with Gideon, <laughs> this this magic planeswalker. And like, do you believe in him? Do you believe that he will give you good cards? And I and, do. That's and why I won this game. And there's things like that in the world, right? Like you know, there's like tarot card readings. There's um, I don't know, uh, uh, Lauren. What's that game you play? My girlfriend just walked in. Um, spades. Spades is kind of similar because you have a partner, right? And you have to, like, trust them, and they have to trust you, and there's, like, a relationship there. But it's never... You have to convince someone 
Right. So there's there's like a there's like a faith sort of element there in a way, but it's not <laughs> in the For cards themselves. I love those cookies. <laughs> Double blind Nillos, that's my favorite. <laughs> um, uh, but never once does like your does the outcome of the game rely on your belief that like you will draw the correct card next. Yeah, that's the interesting thing about this show and one that I just can't really take seriously is that you have to like love your deck in order to win. Right. Love yourself, love your deck. Uh, love radical your deck love. <laughs> radical deck love. Um, <laughs> uh, so so Kaiba storms off. He drives off. He goes back to the Kaiba Corporation building to the giant tower with his initials. With on his him. initials. Um, Freaking Tony Stark up here. <laughs> the Tony Stark of card games. Uh, and and he, so he you don't see anything happen here, but he talks to somebody and he says, uh, I need you to go to the game store. Again, this is the only game store in the city, perhaps in the country, perhaps in the world, the game store and pick up a card for me. I love, we've got a freeze frame of the game store itself on the TV now. Right, right. And you can clearly see that it was designed in the aesthetic of the card game. Yeah, it has the Millennium Eye on one side. Like, it's not just uh, a store for card games. It's a store for one specific card game, and it was built from the... The structure was built and constructed from the ground up in honor of this card game right. that and, it's selling. And again, Tristan doesn't know what Duel Monsters is, but apparently people can build buildings based on Duel Monsters. And then we saw the int- the inside of this place, and it was like... A single small room. Yeah, this is the reverse TARDIS. It's yeah. much smaller than it should be on the inside. <laughs> like, I think that he, like, lives there. That but could be still, it. I think so. if you're running a business, you, would, you wouldn't have the business part where the public enters just be, like, a closet-sized space. Right. I, I, maybe, maybe that's a power play. I don't know. Maybe there's, like, a secret back room where he takes the but high yeah, rollers. Like, I don't a, know. There's a beaded curtain. I was like, oh, you're looking for the special rare cards. Come well, this way. Well, but that's what just happened, right? And he just yeah. pulled out, like, a, a wooden box. <laughs> a, one wooden box with a single card. Yeah, in big it enough for one card. Sell. Um, so Kaiba apparently sends hitmen to go get Yugi's grandpa. Um, and this dude with... Tiny glasses who calls Seto Kaiba his master, and he's like a he's like a shrimpy evil butler. Yeah, shaped like a potato. Yeah, so Potato Man is like my master. Seto Kaiba challenges you to a duel, or however the fuck he sounds, and he's he's surrounded by like Secret Service agents who are a million feet tall. <laughs> Can you imagine if you're just like minding your own business at your house and some like. Freaking butler guy knocks your door down and says, "Hey, my master wants to play Magic the wants Gathering." Wants to play with a you. children's card game with you. <laughs> like you could have like just called ahead, bud. Yeah, or like you know, send a text, yeah. you know, email. But um, again, to move the plot forward, he does does in fact send some freaking like henchmen. Yeah. And so Grandpa's like, uh, what would happen if I declined?" And then they do yet another anime close-up on this potato-shaped man. His head is like a plus sign. Yeah, he's got a very tall forehead. He's bald. 
and his cheekbones go out as far out as his forehead goes up. So yeah, he literally, he's literally a plus sign man. Um, and he goes, I'm afraid I must insist with the implication being that one of his thugs will straight up murder grandpa. If, if he, he doesn't, doesn't play come this play this children's game. card game. <laughs> like he's not, they're not even there to steal the card. That's the thing. That's he's the there, thing. He's there to challenge this guy to a duel. It would be so much easier to steal the card. Uh, so the kids walk up to the game store and they're like, man, I hope Gramps has some cool cards. Uh, they uh, yeah, walk you in. were just here yesterday. I have the same cards. And uh, Grandpa's gone. Uh, and he goes, well, okay, maybe he stepped out. Why would he leave the door unlocked and the phone there's rings? There's a box in the background that just says game on it. It does. I, there's only one game in this universe, I'm convinced. Um, there's, there's actually a plot point about that, I think, in the second season. Uh, and it's a huge deal. Anyway... Uh, the phone rings, Yugi pick up, picks up the phone and it's Seto Kaiba. Uh, and th- again, this guy is just a real, like, I would hate this kid. Yeah. Uh, he's not a good character. I mean, he's the villain for a reason. It's right. Because he's a prick and nobody likes him. Right. And, and he, like I was doing the voice as a joke, but I think that's actually pretty close to his voice in the show. He talks about everything kind of like this. <laughs> Your grandpa's visiting, but he's not feeling well. Can you imagine if people talk like that in real life? Right. Like, that's how he says everything. Villain monologue voice, but he's just like a kid. Hey, what did you get on? Question five. Your grandpa's visiting, but he's not feeling too well. Also, do we have AP bio homework? (laughs) Uh, So he reveals that uh, grandpa is at Kaiba Corp. Uh, they have this like split screen phone conversation. Yugi says, what have you done with my grandpa? And they apparently ran all the way into this building because they run into the building as the very next shot. And there's no guards or anything. No, there's they n- just get on an elevator straight to the CEO's office. Yeah, there's no signs. There's no guards. There's no reception. They just run in and know what elevator to get into. <laughs> have you ever done that in any building ever in your life? Like our building, this apartment building has one elevator. If I hadn't come down to get you, would you have known where to go? Yes, but only because I've been here before. Well, okay, yes, but like, well, maybe they've been here before. Maybe they come here a lot. Not given what they say this next part, um, but maybe, I don't know. So they go out the elevator, uh, which takes a, a million floors to get up, uh, and they find, they find Grandpa. Oh, yeah, he's passed out. He's, he's been dueled into submission. I'm sorry, Yugi. Your old man has played card games so hard that he died. He was playing a children's card game, and it caused him serious injury. He got a paper cut from his blue eyes white dragon, and now he's passed out from blood loss. He just couldn't handle the pressures of the card game He just couldn't do it. But it gets worse. It gets worse somehow. So he is alive. He looks up at Yugi, and he goes, I failed. I wanted to teach Kaiba a lesson about the heart of the cards, but I lost. And he is drenched in sweat. He is not looking good. Uh, Like, I I think he's had a stroke. And Kaiba appears, again backlit, and he explains that they had a duel with each of us putting up our most valuable card as the prize. Kaiba putting up, I don't know what the fuck he put up because he doesn't say, and Grandpa putting up the blue eyes white dragon. Yeah. Um, 
so not only not only did he lose, but he had like a fucking heart attack. Yeah. Uh, and Kaiba, and Kaiba brushes it off as I guess playing against a champion like me caused him too much stimulation, which is a weird thing for a child to say about a grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> I guess playing this See, children's card still, game with me was too much stimulation for him. What still gets me is that he still challenged this old man to a duel after kidnapping him, and then he put up he still put up his own cards as like collateral. In the event that he lost. Right. It's like, oh, I kidnapped this man to come and beat me in a card game. Right. <laughs> like, if he had lost, I guess he'd be just like, damn, I lost the card game. Well, take this card and go. See, that that's why I want to know what card Kaiba put up. Because, like, knowing the character, what if he was just a shithead and, like, lied about the value of a card? What if he put up like a like a winged Karibo or whatever you know card that Yugi gets later on that's no value? And he's like, yeah, no, that's totally my. I don't have a lot of valuable cards. Yeah, that's uh, yep, it's definitely my most valuable card. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then he plays four fucking blue eyes white dragons. Yeah, maybe his collateral was three more blue eyes white dragons. That could have been it. I don't know. Uh, we have this no whole game hinges on blue eyes white dragons. Pretty much, we have no metric for how valuable cards are at this point. We just know that they are more valuable or less valuable than something. If any card is more valuable, it's got to be Exodia. Right, but that's five cards. Yeah. Or, yeah, five cards. But everything is hinging on this one less valuable... Okay, never mind. I'm getting too worked up over this dumb card game, just like Grandpa. Right? I'm going to have a heart attack. Right? So maybe that's what it was, is maybe Grandpa was like nervous about it or, or something like he wanted, he really wanted whatever that valuable card was that Kaiba put up. So then Kaiba goes, Oh, I won the blue eyes, white dragon. And he holds it up and everyone's like, Oh, and then he fucking tears it in half. Despite him having three of them already. And is like, why would he not hang on to it? Right. Like he's coming around. He wants to find it and destroy it. So it can't be used against him. When he could have just stolen it and, like, kept it in a vault somewhere. Yeah. Especially when he already has three of them. Like, put it in your deck, dude. Yeah. You have a full, like, playset of Blue-Eyes White Dragons. From what we can tell, and both of us are learning the rules to this game by watching this show, which may be a mistake. Um, Yeah, it doesn't actually (laughs) do anything about the rules. No, not at all. Oh, this thing attacks. No, this thing attacks. So in, in our closest frame of reference, which would be Magic the Gathering or maybe Pokemon, there is a cost for playing a card right like in magic there's a there's a mana cost and pokemon there's an energy cost for like attacks there doesn't seem to be a cost for playing cards in this game you just play them oh i got a card throw it up there oh cool i got three blue eyes white dragons here they all are all right yeah okay just just this card that i nearly killed a man for no big deal um and he tears it up uh because he uh wants to be the only person with blue eyes white dragons apparently um, he goes, yes, the blue eyes white dragon, is, pardon me. Yes. The blue eyes white dragon is a rare and valuable card. And this one will never Hold be up. used against me. Is that a freaking like bust of a blue eyes white dragon above his yes. door there? Yes, it is. He has built this entire arena based around his obsession with dual monsters. And above the entrance is the head of a blue eyes white dragon. It's just like uh, grandpa's shop. It was built for the sole purpose of emulating the look of <laughs> Freaking dual monsters. This game that Tristan has never heard of. Um, so as what looks to be Grandpa's dying wish, 
he hands Yugi the remains of his deck and he says, here, take this. Uh, and, uh, he says, I built this deck. He put his soul in those he cards. He put his soul in the cards is what he says. Uh, and he says, take them, take them, my cards and teach Kaiba respect. If you couldn't do it, why could your dumb kid do it? Right. If you didn't, because cl- clearly a key component of this, this whole game system is having this faith in your cards and you couldn't do it and you built the deck and poured your heart and soul into it. So now you're just going to hand your deck to this kid who has never seen it before. Right. And maybe he can defeat this other guy. Right. It, it would be like, it'd be like you handing me a magic deck and being like, yeah, I just lost four times in a row, but uh, here, I'm, let me put you up against the champ. Yeah. <laughs> With the reigning champion. Not going to tell you what's in it. Not going to tell you a strategy. Just, just, Go, you know, teach him, teach him some respect. Just believe in this deck. Just believe in it. <laughs> just believe in it. Here, go through. The, I'm going to give you my deck that I just lost with. Go over and enter this friggin' tournament and win the tournament with this deck that everyone else is better than. And by all the evidence that we have, if you lose, you fucking die. <laughs> um, so, uh, <laughs> so Yugi takes the deck. Uh, but he's like, I have to get you to a hospital. And he's not wrong. Like, Grandpa does not look good. Uh, and uh, <laughs> so the friends, Joey, Tristan, and, and Taya, offer to take uh, Grandpa to the hospital while Yugi stays and plays this children's card game that apparently cannot wait. <laughs> because it's, that's much more important than getting your Grandpa to the hospital is playing a card game. Much more important. Incredibly more important. Right. Yeah. Oh, you want you want it too, huh? Okay, I'll put you in the hospital as well. Yeah, we're going there anyway. It's fine. It's it'll be. We'll all end up at the same place. <laughs> um. So then Joey says something that I think is bonkers for the first episode to to bring up. Do you remember, like a fucking hour ago, when we talked about the Millennium Puzzle? Do you remember what the Millennium Puzzle does? Uh, no, I don't. No, no, you don't. It has not been explained at all. We are nine minutes in. We are halfway through this episode. And Joey goes, you can do it. You have the Millennium Puzzle, remember? That's right. And we're like, the what? All we know about the Millennium Puzzle so far is that it gave Yugi mystical magical powers. Apparently. But, Which help him be good at cards. But somehow, Joey knows exactly what it does, even though he just learned how to play Duel Monsters, like, fucking yesterday. <laughs> uh, so Joey goes, yeah, you can do it. You're the best duel I've ever seen. Okay, so they, they're moving on, uh, and Grandpa is dying by the second, and apparently... They can they can wait just a few moments longer to take him to the hospital because Taya pulls out a sharpie and goes, "Hey everyone, put your hands together." I'm gonna draw a smiley face on all our <laughs> hands. So she draws this smiley face that spans the f- four hands of the four friends, uh, and it looks like you know the smiley face it looks like to me. Have you seen Ghost in the Shell? Yeah. Uh, you know the Laughing Man yes. logo. It looks exactly like that it to does me. Look like or that. it looks like something you put on like a like a Top Ramen. Yeah, it looks uh, like the the. The Top Ramen uh, logo. Yeah, and and so she goes, I'll mark us with a special sign so that 
we can like remember the symbol of our friendship. Um, and this is the blackest marker I have ever seen in my life. Like, I don't think this is going to wash off. Yeah. That thing is soon. like an inch thick at least. Yeah. It's like, uh, so Ash Wednesday just happened. Right. And you know, all these people on the news and stuff are getting like the, the ash cross yeah. in their forehead. It's like that, but permanent. Yeah. This is like a, a giant Vanta black permanent marker. <laughs> Uh, and so she says, this will be so Yugi knows that he's not alone because we'll all have this fucking symbol on our right hands. Uh, oh, and then an ambulance that no one called showed up. Thank God. Uh, because apparently they didn't drive here. They just ran to this fucking building. Uh, and, and then Taya has the first good idea of this entire game or this entire show. She goes, hold on. Who don't we need here? Who's the most useless member of this party? Oh, Joey. Joey, you stay here uh, to cheer on Yugi. Yeah. To you remember, also to keep rem- your in danger. Right. Like, you also have danger follow you everywhere, apparently, Joey. Yeah. So don't fucking come with us. Um, but also, if Joey stays, what's the point of the smiley face? Because wouldn't that serve the purpose of reminding Yugi that he's not alone of having a friend there? Yeah, like cheering him on behind <laughs> <Yeah>. him. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, I'm not alone. My friend is like 20 feet behind me. <laughs> so Taya has this thing that she thinks is a great idea. And then 20 seconds, not even 20 seconds later, she goes, oh, actually, you know what we should do? One of us should just stay. <laughs> um, and then we jump straight into uh, something that I am genuinely impressed by. The virtual stadium, the which virtual is stadium. actually cool. It's badass. So Kaiba explains that he built this holographic, like, card battling stadium uh, that turns the monsters into holographic images. And it's decorated, you pointed this out when we first watched it, it's decorated kind of like a sci-fi shell on top of like a like a ruined pyramid, basically. It's got yeah. kind of this mixed match of things. You know what it looks like? It looks like um, it has the same kind of aesthetic as Mewtwo's fortress in the first Pokemon movie. Yes! Yes, it does. Kind of dark gothic and like stone everywhere, but also with all this like technology right. clinging to the, it. The ceiling does this like Hogwarts thing where uh, the you see like the electronic paneling at first, but then it disappears and it's this like starry night sky. Um, and then this bullshit happens. <laughs> uh, and I this is the part of the intro that, that gives me the heebs, right? Where the Millennium Puzzle of its own volition just starts glowing and raising up into the air, and Yugi shouts, Yu-Gi-Oh! And Love light shouting my own name. Right? So where does where does that phrase come from? It's not the name of the game in this world. That's Duel Monsters. Yeah, and his it's name not is only Yugi. Without the hyphens. And not the O. So where does the O come from? Where does the O come from? What is the name of the uh, the, the pharaoh? Or is his name just Pharaoh? The Pharaoh's name is Yami. So where does Yu-Gi-Oh come from? Who the, is the fuck mystery. knows? <laughs> but okay, so here's my question for you. Uh, and this is this is going to be important canon for the rest of this episode, and I think for the rest of the show. Does Kaiba see this happening? This like light coming from the Millennium Puzzle and Yugi shouting his own name? He's basically doing like a magical girl transformation. Yeah, where. Instead of, like, getting a new outfit and stuff, he just grows taller. Yeah, he grows six inches, and his voice gets deeper. At least a foot taller, because he's you a little so? short kid. You think so? That's oh, yeah, true. Look. He is, he is really playing. short. Okay. 
Uh, he is super short. I will bring that up. He, gets he is like easily a good foot. He's easily half the height of his other friends. Um, oh yeah, this blue column of light comes up. Smoke swirls around. He's backlit again. His outfit fits better. He's wearing a different shirt. Um, his hair changes a little bit. Oh no, Kaiba does see it. Kaiba goes, "What the? <laughs> what the hell just happened?" So. So, I just watched this little boy get hit by lightning. So Kaiba sees this, and then he goes from talking to Yugi, who kind of talks like this. Oh, gee, Grandpa. Oh, I wish we could see your cards. To Yami Yugi, according to the subtitles. Now, Kaiba, prepare yourself. <laughs> like, what would you do if, like, you sat down in a magic tournament and get across this, like, t- <laughs> this 10-year-old this 10-year-old kid. boy who suddenly gets hit by lightning, grows to be a 20-year-old man, and suddenly challenges you to a duel. <laughs> I would shit myself. I would give up right I then and there. I would give up right there. Uh, and then he says the classic line. He says, it's time to duel. Um, virtual system's ready, so let's begin, Kaiba says. And Kaiba has the first move. And this is the first time that we see the game being played from start to finish. So he puts down a card and he says, I attack with the mighty Hitotsumi giant, uh, which is like a uh, like a Cyclops lizard man, I guess. I don't know. Can you imagine if you were any playing like a regular card game and every time you played a card, you just kind of yelled it out with like yeah. this reverence? Well, no. So here's so here's my theory about this. Right. When you and I play magic, magic has a lot of details on the card. Right. Uh and every now and then, yeah, like, you, you'll play a card and be like, I don't know what the fuck that is. Let me, let me like, read it real quick. Or explain what it does. Right, right. Or explain what it does. Right, right, or what it does. It. The, the way this arena is set up, there is, like, what would you say? Easily 100 feet between them, right? Yeah. Like, they are opposite ends of, like, maybe half a football field even. Um, so I think my theory is, is that they have to yell the name of the card just so the other person can hear what card has been played. Because I'm playing the Hitotsumi Giant. What? What? Like, could you imagine, like, playing in this arena against somebody who's, like, kind of shy or, like, doesn't talk as loud? Yeah, play, like, you start playing a a, uh, a game of magic, and it's like, I'm going to play two mana to, uh, to, to bring out this red card. What? What? <laughs> What's that do? Well, it, uh... Hold uh, on, let me read the flavor text. On, on my turn, I can tap it. What? Like, this, it, no, so, I mean, maybe it's necessary. Also, yeah, these cards se- don't appear to have text on them. Yeah, you just kind of have to guess at what they do, which I, I guess is just attack. I think so, yeah. There are some cards with special abilities that we kind of see later. Uh, but the cool thing here is that there's this, like, holographic projector in the middle of the arena that makes the monster... These huge 3D attacks. Yeah. So these monsters, like... Or like full size, or whatever, which is like the only cool part of the show. Like uh, if that was yeah, real that will life, continue to be the only cool part of the show. This yeah. is like Pokemon Stadium, but yes, in three D. Right. Uh, so this giant Cyclops thing shows up, and, and Yugi freaks out, and he's like, "Oh, he's brought it to life." And Kaiba explains it's his virtual simulator, uh, and he goes from Yugi goes from scared to. Like, back in action, right? Like, he gets that determined look on his face, and he goes, well, oh, now okay. it's... okay, the monsters aren't real. Just checking. Yeah, okay. But you're sure, right? Okay, cool. Uh, and he draws a card. And again, I'm worried, because he's drawing the cards with the hand that has been marked. 
And I'm really nervous that that ink is still wet and is going to get on this the card is somehow. Rub off everywhere. Yeah, like he can't touch his face. Although apparently he has a shit ton of eyeliner now. Um, oh man, he does. He does, right? Like that's the other thing that happens. Like what would what would you do if you sat down to play Magic the Gathering against like a twelve year old child, and you look down at your deck, you hear a sound, you look back up, boom, it's Chris Angel. <laughs> you done been mind freaked. Mind Get ready freak. to duel. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, my bean. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Yeah, my bim bam reference. Uh, podcasts referencing podcasts. It's always good. Um, so Yugi plays his first card. He calls. He says. He takes it, I think, a little bit further than you have to. He says, I call on the winged dragon, guardian of the fortress. Like you could just say winged dragon, right? Like I don't think guardian of the fortress is the name of the card, but. Wing Dragon shows up on the field. It's like a blue... It's a blue-eyes blue dragon, basically. Yeah. It's a small dragon. Um, and and then... <laughs> I love this line. So Joey shows up. <laughs> I can't say it. Whoa, monsters? Real monsters? That is spot on. That is exactly what he sounds like. <laughs> and you... Uh, this is my favorite joke that I think you made while we were watching this the first time. Jimmy Jimmy looks over to you, just oh, deadpan. I love that show. <laughs> um, so so Joey goes into conniptions because he didn't get the virtual monster like spiel. Mm-hmm. So he's convinced that dual monsters are just real now, and no one is ever going to prove him otherwise. <laughs> um, fireball happens. Uh, the dragon takes out the giant, and the fireball like. I guess consumes part of the platform that Kaiba is sitting on because it looks like it's actually physically hurting him. Yeah, it moved too. Like the platform shook a little bit when this yeah, like holographic um, fireball fireball it, hit him. It's up on like a it's up on like an articulated arm, so I think that's part of the holographic effect. Uh, Lauren and I went to uh, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in California. Um, Were there it, real monsters? There were real monsters. It turns out. Uh, but they have a ride there that has like a three-hour line. It was ridiculous. Sounds um, about right. But it's essentially it, – no, it was very worth it. Uh, it's essentially an articulated arm that holds a like four seats. And I'm looking over at Lauren right now, uh, and I wish I had a third microphone. Um, uh, but maybe you can uh, – say hi to the listeners, Lauren. Hi, listeners. Uh, so it – it was an articulating arm that hold, held like four seats, right? Mm-hmm. And it made it kind of feel like you were sitting on a broom almost. Yeah, well, you were super strapped in. Yeah. Because, I mean, spoilers, but they turn you sideways and upside down. and Yeah, the whole thing spins around and it's on a track. So you're, you're moving around and it's simulating all kinds so of you're motion. really, really strapped in. Yeah. Uh, and it goes between like real like sets and, and video things. And that is exactly what this stand reminds me of. Of, oh, Kaiba's just built an articulated arm to fool you into thinking maybe this fireball is actually hitting me. So it's like when these holograms hit, it just shakes around right. to simulate the effect of you getting hit by an actual fireball. Right. They, they blew like a dragon breathes at you and they blew like hot air on you. It was like, it was very, yeah. It was incredible. Still, that's fantastic for a ride. Yes. But if you're trying to play a card game, that's just going to knock your deck flying everywhere. Okay, now let me ask you this. How was how this built? Like, I don't think Kaiba designed this or engineered this in any way. He has a team of engineers working for him to build this holographic with, simulator. With what instructions, though? Like, is it just this 13-year-old kid, like, looking at every step of planning and being like, no, 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 make it more badass. 
like, I want this to kill old man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why uh, he had his heart attack. He was swinging around up there and, like, fell off the platform. <laughs> I mean, Grandpa's not a young dude. Like, like that, <laughs> when you that lose would do it to game, me now. Like, robot arms come out and start <laughs> punching you. <laughs> it just turns upside down and chucks you across your, the field. <laughs> Kaiba sitting at the uh, the design meeting and the... The engineers are like, okay, so we've we've developed the holographic system, and it's incredibly lifelike, and uh, and you've got rumble effects for when you're hit. And Kaiba goes, rumble effects? You hit me with that weak shit? No, no, no. I want knives to come out. <laughs> uh, when so, you lose a game, I want you to actually die. <laughs> uh, when you die in the game, you die in real life. When you die in the game, you die in real life. And it gets worse from here is the thing. These are the lowest stakes we will ever see again in a dual monsters game. <laughs> a man dies or almost dies. I don't, I forget how this ends already. Um, so Kaiba plays another card and he says, will you survive the powers of <laughs> saggy, the dark clown, saggy, the dark clown. And this is the first time you see Yugi look legitimately scared uh, I would be if someone says they're <laughs> going to introduce me to Saggy the Dark Clown. It's a scary looking clown. It's got like vampire ears, um, all these things. And then Yugi realizes, oh, it has a low attack value, which is apparently important. Uh, and he he says, well, okay, this card isn't going to do anything. But then Kaiba goes, ah, but if I combine it with this card, a magic card, and now apparently we're getting it, we're mixing our games a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> ah, if I combine it with like the idea that he's got game like cards from other games that he's just bringing in. Oh, I've got this Pokemon card. I bring out Charizard. See, that's why that's why the game store is just called Game, and that's why that game in the game <laughs> store is just called Game. Is it's a conglomeration of all games. Oops, all games. Oops, all games. Whoops. Uh oh. Whoopsie. Uh, I I play the Ace of Hearts. <laughs> what? That's impossible. No one's ever drawn the Ace of. Uh, yeah. So anyway. Uh, so he plays this magical card and it, uh, turns the dark clown super powerful. Go fish. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I have broken my co-host. And, uh, and, uh, he, he casts, uh, apparently he has multiple spells that he can cast. And one of them is called dark light, which makes no fucking sense. The opposite of light dark. Uh, and it kills Yugi's monster. And then it has a very extremely 90s, like, swirl transition effect. At, like, the monster is, like, getting sucked down a drain, but in, like, two-dimensional space. Yeah. Like, just going, whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah, it's really similar to, like, Team Rocket blasting off again, in a way. But, like... A little bit. But, like, in the middle, in the middle of the field, right? It's just, it just kind of gets smaller in this little portal until it... Ding! Disappears. It looks like a cheesy transition that would be used by someone who just discovered Windows Movie Maker for the first time. Yeah, it's like when they get the intern to edit the MTV show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, Kaiba says, as you can see, combining cards can be very effective, so we learn yet another thing about the game. I love that they're explaining the game to each other as they're playing. Right. Uh, I And Joey's standing right there, so Joey's getting you know a master class, clearly. Yeah. Uh, it's all on Joey's behalf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so you they're not talking to each other. They're explaining <laughs> what they're doing to Joey. <laughs> uh, that would be see. That should be its own show, right there. Is the thing of just Kaiba and Yugi dueling for Joey's benefit. 
just explaining it yeah. to him. Um, so Yugi then spends... Welcome to Kaiba Splaining. <laughs> Yugi then spends about three minutes of the show not drawing a card because he is thinking about the heart of the cards and the heart that his grandpa put into these cards and that he has to believe that it holds some secret strategy. So he has to trust that the next card will be what he needs. That's kind of a terrifying thought, that every time you build a deck, you're like chipping off a piece of your consciousness and putting it in there to help you win card games. See, if that were the canon, that would be so cool, That though. would actually be really neat. That would be a much better show. Every deck is a horcrux. Yeah. That would that's be a much I, That's actually show. how Voldemort make, made all his horcruxes. He's super into <laughs> dual monsters. <laughs> um... The thing I think that concerns me the most about Yugi spending this much time considering the strategy and like considering how he has to believe that his grandpa had a strategy for the cards is that we never see the cards being shuffled. Is grandpa's strategy that he stacked the deck? Is that what the heart of the cards is? Like you have to trust that your the way that you stack your deck will give you an advantage. I mean, if that's the case, Grandpa did a shitty job stacking this deck, I guess, because it takes way too long to get, like, the big thing out, right? Yeah. Um, But I guess it's something to think about. I don't know. I don't know. So he draws the card, and uh, (laughs) and he's like, I have to, as he's saying, I have to believe that Grandpa has some sort of big strategy. He draws a card, and it's literally just a foot. (laughs) It's a picture of a... It's a leg. it's, It's a leg in, like, manacles. What's hilarious to me is that that leg has its own attack and defense. Right. Like, I know it's part of Exodia that you have to combine to bring out Exodia and instantly win the game. Yes. But you can just play the leg, apparently, and, like, there'd just be, like, this giant holographic leg on the field hopping around and kicking the blue-eyes-white dragon. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's the thing is, like, Yugi... So we know what the card is now because we've seen the show. Um... But Yugi has no idea what this foot goes to. Despite being, like, in his grandpa's game store the whole time and being super into this game, he he has no no idea what Exodia is. He just can't summon that knowledge for some reason until later on when it's convenient. Um, So, yeah, like, literally other than, and he says it, this card is useless. He just says it straight up. Other than this card being useless, there's nothing keeping him from playing it. (laughs) Just as is. Um... So he goes, I can't beat the dark clown with this leg. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he plays a card in defense mode, which is another thing we're learning about the game. You can play a card in defense mode, apparently, uh, which I, I guess helps. Oh, no, okay. So it means that the other monster has to attack it on its turn. So you, you kind of protect yourself for a turn, I guess is uh-huh. what that means. And then we get a montage of this fucking dark clown with his pantaloons defeating like four monsters in a row yeah and then like it's this the whole anime like super detailed like paintings with someone's head like in the foreground yeah 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 the dark like action lines yeah Yeah, it's very epic what worries me about this a little bit for kaiba's sake is that that was what three monsters that it defeats so four monsters total if we count the one that we saw outside of the montage so four turns presumably because they he would have to pass his turn to yugi to play another card to kill that card he goes four turns without playing a single other card 
Kaiba just wastes four turns with Saggy the Dark Clown. <laughs> this game makes no sense, and they never do anything to, like, explain it. Like, you would think, at the very least, they would have, like, a brief explainer at the beginning of the show I to think tell you what's going on. I think they think they did with Taya's explainer there at the beginning, which you did a recap of that was literally one sentence. Everything has an attack power and a defense power. That's you it. You can attack and defend with it. And you got the first person to attack more wins. <laughs> so, like, why isn't Kaiba playing more cards to attack more? Maybe he's just drawing all the rest of Exodia. I don't know. But he doesn't know about that card. <laughs> he because just keeps Grandpa drawing more and up. more cards and like, God damn it, this is just another leg. <laughs> right. Well, because, so apparently Grandpa royally like screwed himself by not drawing Exodia, which is in the deck the whole time. So Kaiba doesn't know about it. So he has no idea how to prepare for that. But he's not playing cards. So he's just toying with Yugi at this point. And he even says like, your deck is just as weak and feeble as your grandfather. It's the same deck. It's the same deck. But of course, now he's saying, like, the deck should have a heart attack. I guess this is yeah. his, his, uh, his insinuation there. A card um, attack. A card attack. Uh, Yugi says that his grandpa is a great man and a better duelist than you'll ever be, which, which is inherently not true. Yeah, he was literally just defeated. <laughs> uh, and he goes, I can feel his heart in this deck. <laughs> Which I'm going to take as being figurative and not literal. Because I don't that would know. Be really I like weird. this alternate uh, canon that we've developed where y- there's like a consciousness deep in the cards that you have to like put in there. Well, I, a, I think that makes it a better show if, that's, if that is the case. It would make it a better show. It also makes this next thing make more sense because Yugi's like, I believe in my grandpa's deck. And he raises a card in fucking slow motion. He raises the card and it's a good card, right? And he goes, my faith has rewarded me with the Gaia card that has the destructive power. And, and, uh, so he finally draws a card that defeats, can't fucking (laughs) say it. Saggy, the dark clown. Uh, yeah, he draws (laughs) this card. I love this card because it's a knight on horseback and the knight is carrying two lances. (laughs) He's got a lance in each hand, which seems... If you miss with the first one, you can always hit him with the second <laughs> That's lance. That's exactly what happens. <laughs> I guess one lance was for killing the monster, and one was for dealing damage directly to Kaiba. Maybe. I don't know. Um, so then Kaiba, Saggy the Dark Clown is gone, and Kaiba draws and plays Blue Eyes White Dragon. Well, no, no. He draws a card... And then he plays a different card in his hand, which is Blue-Eyes White Dragon. So he's been sitting on Blue-Eyes White Dragon for an unknown number of turns now. I think you're right. He is just, like, messing around with Yugi. I think Drawing he is. it out so he can be like, no, my deck has failed me. Uh, so this is, we spoiled it earlier, but in the show this is a big twist where we thought this was the only Blue-Eyes White Dragon, the one that, that Kaiba tore up earlier, Grandpa's Blue-Eyes White Dragon. He plays a Blue-Eyes White Dragon and Joey goes, impossible, we all watched Kaiba tear that card in half. And Kaiba is just like, are you, like, do you not know how this game works? There are multiple versions of this card, and I own all of them. <laughs> um, uh, so he plays Blue Eyes White Dragon. Apparently, just the act of laying that card down on the table deals damage to Yugi <laughs> and, like, kills this knight. Um, deals a shit ton of damage to Yugi, actually. Uh, faith or no faith, you will fall before my superior monsters, which is such, like, an evil villain move it's a shame that that line is being wasted on this children's like that is that is a line from like a norwegian death metal song 
Yeah. Like, like you know, in the middle of, like, a, a really grungy guitar solo. Like, faith on no faith. Superior monsters. <laughs> uh, and, uh, man, Seto Kaiba's Norwegian death metal band is uh, definitely something I want to see. Um, we had another one of those anime close-ups that you described earlier that's, like, almost black and white because it's all just blown out colors with these like black action lines. Uh, and I think this is a representation of another montage of blue eyes, white dragon then beating the shit out of Yugi's other monsters. Yeah. Otherwise it's just breathing fire around at nothing. Oh no. Okay. Then we get some, some cards across the screen. Uh, there is one card that I want to look at that I'm going to try to go back to. And oh, that little fat dog or something. Yeah. Uh, okay, so he says, Faith is pathetic, blah, blah, blah. In your entire deck, there's not a single card that can stand up the Blue Eyes White Dragon. So the cards that we see fly by on the screen, I do not know the names of these cards, and I'm sure that there's a wiki somewhere that lists them, but I don't care. That's just Gollum Unicorn. Yeah, Gollum Unicorn is the first one. <laughs> the second one is... Like, oh, it's a, like a little fat muskrat wearing a suit of armor. I think it's. I think this is where Mouse Guard comes from. Maybe. <laughs> like, this is the inspiration for Mouse Guard, I think, because it's a... It's, and he's got like a meaty hand uh, holding a tiny sword and a tiny shield. Dual Monster's whole aesthetic is completely torn between like cutesy, like little bullshit and like super detailed monsters. Yeah, it's like it's like they got two uh, artists to work on the cards. And it's like they got the brothers from Axe Cop and they told <laughs> the younger brother, you draw half the cards. They told the other brother, you, who's actually an artist, you draw the other half of the card. Actually, you draw a third of the cards, and the little brother draws two-thirds of the cards, because yeah. two-thirds of these cards are shit. <laughs> no offense to Ethan, Nicole, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, they're, both the brothers are very talented. Um, that kid's like 11 and is more talented than I will ever have. Um, but, yeah, it's the discrepancy is large. <laughs> uh Oh, oh yeah, and <laughs> so it gets worse. It gets procedurally worse. I think is the the story of this duel, uh, where Kaiba goes, "You have no chance of standing up to Blue Eyes White Dragon." We see a montage of Blue Eyes White Dragon defeating all his monsters, and then, and this is the thing that frustrates me about Saggy the Dark Clown, <laughs> is that he pulls out a second Blue Eyes White Dragon. How long has he had that for? <laughs> Could he have just have pulled these out towards the beginning? And, and yeah, just had all the blue eyes white dragons just obliterate him instantly. Like on turn one, um, we get a brief shot of Grandpa in the hospital. I'm sure someone is yelling at us right now because, like, that's not how the game works, and I know that. But the show certainly isn't going to tell you that. No, it's it. it the show gives no indication of whether or not they're playing the game correctly. <laughs> we just take it at their word. Uh, I mean, like, Kaiba said he's what? He's, like, the highest-ranked national player, so we assume that he knows what he's doing, and he's yeah. not cheating, maybe. He's kind of cheating. Well, all his cheating is off the field in terms right. of, like, dueling an old man into submission to <laughs> take his card and then rip it up. Um, so Yugi draws a card. The The crazy thing about Yugi's strategy for me is... Have you ever played a game of Magic where you just play whatever card you draw? That would be very bad. That'd be very also, bad. Like, probably impossible, depending on your mana curve. But. Yeah, how would you do that, right? Like, you'd have to play, you'd play, say so you draw a mana. I bet you there's it. a variant on this. There might be. But that is Yugi's entire strategy, is hard of the cards. I have to trust that I'm going to draw the correct card. And whether or not it's the correct card, he plays 
Save for Exodia, I guess, he plays whatever the fucking card he draws is. You might want to hold off on some of these. Or, or play something from your hand. Yeah. Give your hand some love. Hmm. Nope, sorry. Mm. Sorry. Uh, moving on. Uh, he plays... Uh, fuck, what is this card? Uh, he says, Gasp, a magic card. Swords of Revealing Light. There we go. My favorite D&D spell. And it comes and stops some monsters. All monsters on the field for three turns. Which I guess only refers to those monsters that are out right now. Because Kaiba's like, I'll just bring out another monster. He does. Yeah, pretty much instantly he's like, well, it doesn't apply to this monster. Fuck you. Um, This is my my second favorite line. Is when he's, Yugi is looking in his hand. And he's got all these pieces of Exodia that obviously go together. And he's like, I can't do anything with these. What's going on? Yeah, he's doing like a little, uh, like a hokey pokey almost in his hand. He's like, you've got your left hand in. What if I took the left hand out? Put your left hand in, and you sh- what do these cards go to? Yeah, it's like you clearly combine them into one like super thing, like once you have all the pieces. Right, and at this point, he's got two legs and two arms. Yeah. And like a fucking, I don't know, lizard man. Uh, and then, okay, I think this scene gives some credence to your Clearwater Revival, uh, your, your theory earlier. Um the idea that you put part of your soul into the card deck. Right. I, yes. No, I'm I'm stuttering because I am having trouble describing this scene. It's a very Grandpa's, visual scene. Like spirit comes and visits him. Grandpa's Star Wars Force Ghost appears. Uh and he go he he essentially makes fun of Yugi for not actually having faith. Um then he says, "Listen, sometimes the cards are like a puzzle. You have all these pieces, idiot, combine them." <laughs> Uh, is Grandpa dead? <laughs> I don't think he dies. I, but, like, for a... Okay, no, no, no. So so then Yugi turns around, and he's also glowy blue. Yeah. Is Yugi dead? Maybe this is all just going on in his mind. This is just, like, a representation of him thinking. I don't know why they would show his, like, spirit coming up, though. Lauren's, Lauren's mouthing very large, they're haunted. <laughs> Oh, they're all dead. Maybe dual monsters is hell. <laughs> Maybe dual monsters is hell. Oh no! It's the bat. Have you seen the Good Place yet? No, I've been. It's been on my list for like half a year. So I just haven't sat down and watched the first season. Yeah, so season one's on on Netflix. Uh, Lauren finally convinced me to watch it. Holy shit, is that show good? Okay. Um, I've only ever heard like rave reviews. It's of it. so good. Um, yeah, maybe Dual Monsters is the bad place because now we get a flashback. Fucking finally, we get a flashback of Grandpa explaining what Exodia is. He is explaining what Zod- Exodia is. So clearly, Yugi has seen these cards before and would know what to do with them. If he's such a great duelist, he would remember these cards. <laughs> oh, yeah, these are the ones you that. You can combine to instantly win the game. Instead, he's like, a, a foot. I don't know what to do with a foot. This is, why would you put this in the deck, Grandpa? That's weird. Um, you, what the hell, Yugi? Come on. Dumb kid. You dingus. Uh, <laughs> no wonder the Pharaoh has to take over all the time. You're dumb as shit. Right. So that's, that's another thing is, is it that the Pharaoh doesn't know what the card is or that Yugi is enough of a shithead? That that part just kind of takes over. All right. Step aside, little boy. I'm going to have to play your card game for you. 
so he draws, oh, pardon me, he didn't have two arms before. He draws the second arm, um, and it's taken, like, in the show, it's taken maybe about a minute, right? So in real-world time, in their world, it's taken, like, five minutes for him to draw one card. Yeah, and it's another arm, and he's like, oh, it's another piece of the puzzle, which he finally understands. And he doesn't, he doesn't play anything. No. Right? Because he doesn't... He has to wait. He, he can't play all of Exodia yet. Well, he can't play anything from his hand, even though we've seen in his hand that there's that, like, lizard creature monster yeah, that he can clearly play. But he doesn't, because apparently all he knows how to do is play the card that he just drew. I guess. Heart I guess. Cards, I don't man. know. Heart of the cards, man. So your favorite What's card comes your, out. Uh, what is even the point of having a hand of cards if you're not going to use them? Right. Oh, yeah, this is my favorite card. Judge Man. So Kaiba plays Judge Man. With an attack power of 2,200. Uh, Judge Man is, I think, my Patronus. <laughs> um, he has this crown that kind of looks like, um, uh, if you've seen those, like, D&D alignment symbols with, like, the, the arrows going in sort of four cardinal directions and then another arrow in the diagonals the axes the axes but it doesn't have the like southwest or southeast because that's where the eyes go so it's just kind of this crown of arrows uh he looks like the judge from ace attorney if he was bitten by a werewolf yes so werewolf and he's got two maces that he's wielding like maracas (laughs) (laughs) yes uh so <laughs> Judge Man comes out. Oh, I guess he did play the lizard dude because Judge Man beats the lizard dude who's in defense mode. Uh, and then and invisible for some reason. I think that's just how defense mode monsters appear because you don't know what the monster is until you attack it when it's in defense okay. mode. Because I think they're playing them face down, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me gameplay wise. But maybe if I were actually playing the game, it would make more sense. Um, the show certainly isn't going to tell you. No. Again. <laughs> uh. Then Yugi draws... Uh, oh, yes. The, the other famous card, Dark Magician, who's like the most flamboyant, armored, purple dildo man. Yeah, and is it, just, that pose. is it just me? Maybe it's the spike on his head. Does he kind of look like Tristan? A little bit, a yeah. A little bit, a little bit. It kind of looks like if you got Tristan from like the beginning of the show and had him pose in a skin-tight purple outfit. Put this armor on. <laughs> um, We're going to take your senior pictures. Yeah, that's, yes, that's what it looks like. He looks like he's uh, wearing a bugle. Yes, so he's got purple bugle armor. That's exactly what it is. Um, and it turns out, oh, it's a really good card. Uh, this is the other card, like you said, that everyone knows about Yu-Gi-Oh!, um, Kaiba says it doesn't matter, uh, because he's got, lo and behold, a third blue eyes, white dragon in his Which hand. Again, if you find another blue eyes, white dragon, why would you destroy it instead of putting it in your deck with all your other blue eyes, white dragons? Yeah. Just replace, uh, uh, or keep one as a backup in case keep. one gets ripped or something. In Frame case. it and put it on your wall as a trophy. Because apparently cards getting ripped is a thing that happens in this world. Um, yeah, I, it it boggles the mind how proud he is of this three-dragon strategy that he can't see the he can't see the forest for the trees and go for a four-dragon strategy. Yeah. He's just... 
I don't know, man. I it, it I I think we've said all that we can say about it. It's kind of the sad thing. And we've got so much left of this episode. Um, so Yugi spends another five minutes staring at the deck. And his only chance now is to summon all of Exodia, which is something that has apparently never been never done before. Never happened before. In the before. entire history of this game. Never happened before. Um, so then Yugi reaches for the deck, and it, like... It, it's like one of those shots from Vertigo where like it's getting closer, but it's getting further away. The deck gets physically further away from his hand because he has lost focus. <laughs> I get it. Uh, <laughs> and then... Cinematography we, joke. And Good then one, we, Yugi. <laughs> and then we see another one of these weird shots that is not yet explained of Yugi's body splitting in two. That we know is... Him, because there's he, him, Yugi, as a little boy, and then the pharaoh who looks exactly like him, except older. Older and more eyeliner. Yeah. Um, and the pharaoh, Yami Yugi, says, don't lose focus, Yugi, to little boy Yugi. Uh, as they're both, like, reaching for the deck, which is apparently getting physically further away from them because they have to fully extend their arm to don't reach this faith. deck that is right next to them. Uh, and then they catch sight of the friendship symbol, which still makes no sense to me, and I'm really worried about it. On his outstretched hand. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot that I have friends. Now I remember. Now I remember. I have friends. Despite my friend that I'm thinking of being, like, 20 feet behind me cheering and yelling. Yeah. Watching the whole thing in the audience. And so he has this vision, right? Of well, the... your other friend is taking your grandpa to the hospital for you so you can play a card game. <laughs> and you were too distracted by the card game to think about them, you dumb piece of shit. Like, Yugi's a bad friend, I think. Yeah. How would you feel if, like, like one day we're talking and I go, oh, yeah, thanks for your help the other day. And you go, help with what? And I say, well... I remembered that I had a friend and that got me through this really tough card children's game. card game <laughs> duel. Uh, and you go, Tyler, I was thinking about you while I was playing magic. No, the other day. no don't say it like that. Uh, but like, but like what if the impetus of remembering that, <laughs> that we're friends is like, Oh yeah. I remembered you in my heart. And I, I was able to summon a really big monster because I saw Sharpie on the back of my hand. <laughs> so he has this hallucination. Memento style, like drawing notes all over yourself. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh God! Remember, is, you have friends. Is Yuki Guy Pierce from Memento? <laughs> <laughs> is that why Taya did it? Was Taya secretly being brilliant here? Maybe Can that's he, the only reason he's able to remember anything is if he draws it. He certainly himself. couldn't remember Exodia. He had to get the ghost of his grandfather to remind him. <laughs> Maybe his grandfather is in the hospital and did die, and they like resuscitated him after like ten seconds, which is why he disappeared. That's what I think happened. That's exactly what I think happened. And of course, once you die, you instantly think of your grandchild playing a card game and go to visit him, right? To help him win. That's what I would do. That's what <laughs> I would do. Uh, so Yugi sees this like hallucination of his three friends all stretching their hands out and they have the friendship symbol. And at this point, I'm worried a little bit about Yugi's mental state because he's having a lot of hallucinations this game. Well, sharing your mind space with a dead pharaoh who's helping you play card games would probably cause some mental issues. And splitting parts of your soul into, into a card playing deck. cards. Yeah, how many decks do you think Yugi has? How many horcruxes? Well, and... Pro I mean, probably a lot, right? Because he says, I got all the best cards from my grandpa. So he, 
He maybe has like my guess is oh he maybe God. has one main deck Hold up. and like a sub deck. What? That's why Grandpa's spirit visited him because he did die, but he still had piece of his soul in the deck, and that's yes. why he was there. There it is. There it is. <laughs> now, here's my question for you. Is the reason that this game has lasted so goddamn long because pieces of Yugi's soul are in different cards that he's not playing with, and those cards are jealous? Oh, maybe. And they're not coming to the front because... Or like, are you talking about like other decks that he has? Yeah. So like, so like, so his other decks are like sabotaging him for using someone else's deck. That's yeah, exactly. Because they mm. they make this whole fuss right. This of whole like, spiritual warfare aspect of like splitting off pieces of your soul, and then they're fighting off your grandfather's soul because they're jealous of the card game. Yes. I mean, they put all this effort, right, into, like, you have to put your heart into the deck that you build. I think we have single-handedly improved the show. <laughs> uh, so uh, he remembers that he has friends. He has to believe in the cards. Um, somehow, finally, Kaiba has decided that he is going to end the game on the next turn, even though he could have done it, like, four turns ago. And impossibly... Uh, Yugi For the drops. first time in history, he gets all the Exodia pieces. This is the first time that someone has drawn five, these five cards in a game. Statistically unlikely. Statistically but. unlikely because why would you even put, like you say, say one of the reasons is like nobody's had all five cards in their deck before. That's true. Well, why would you put any of those cards in your deck <laughs> if you didn't have all five? All these super rare cards. You have to be super rich. That's one thing. Right. Uh, or spent your whole life, like grandfather, toiling away trying to get these cards. <laughs> yeah. Oh so man, you can is put that, them in your deck? Is that why he runs a game shop? Is he's just spent his whole life looking for the Exodia cards? Maybe. Could be. Uh, Kaiba freaks out. He says, "Ah, oh, that's impossible." And Yugi goes, "I've asp- assembled all five special cards, all five pieces of the puzzle." Oh. Whoa! Just like the Millennium Puzzle. Uh, and I want you to describe this motherfucker that comes Exodia? out. Exodia? Yeah. He's like, you know one of those uh, those photos of like Russian bodybuilders who are clearly on like five types of steroids and like all their muscles are bigger than yes. normal people's like entire torsos? Yeah. He looks like that. And then someone peeled his face off. Yes. And he's wearing like an Egyptian headdress. Yeah. Uh... Needless to say, he's a big spooky boy. He's a big spooky boy. Uh, and Kaiba freaks out. Uh, apparently, all of the moisture leaves his body because he... Oh, yeah. He's like suddenly like all shriveled. Yeah. I, I think secretly Kaiba is maybe like a 70-year-old man in a 13-year-old <laughs> boy's body. Um, so we're seeing his true self here. Uh, and Yugi tells Exodia to obliterate. And he beats all three Blue Eyes White Dragons and kills Kaiba in one fell swoop, which I don't know if that's a thing you can do in this game. Well, he won the game now, so there you go. And Joey has to remind him, Yugi, you did it, you won. Uh, Yeah, ta-da! Like, very little, very little, like, actual fanfare there, uh, except, like, you did it. (laughs) Yeah, good there. job. You won the game. Good job. You won You won the game that nearly killed your grandfather. All you had to do was believe in the cards, uh, which grandfather apparently didn't. Right. Uh, right. So 
then Yugi gives a speech, or Yami Yugi, I guess, gives a speech, and he says, you only play for Power Kaiba, and that's why you lost, but if you put your heart in the game, there's nothing you can't do, uh, which feels like bullshit to that's me. extremely, like, believe in yourself, kind of like, uh, like, feel-good motivational speaker thing, except it's about a card game, so it loses all its punch. Yeah. You can do anything you set your mind to, as long as that involves cards. As long as you spend thousands of dollars on cards. Getting all the right pieces of Exodia. Believe in the money that you've wasted on this card game. <laughs> um, like, if that were actually how it won, if that's how you won a card game in this world, so many more of these, like, sweaty guys at game stores would be winning games. Because... Can you imagine, like, a world, like... Like in Yu-Gi-Oh, where all of society revolves around one game, but that game was Magic the Gathering. No. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't imagine that. That's absurd to me. It would be gross. It would weird. be gross and weird. Like, instead of kids stealing your lunch money, they'd be stealing your magic card money. I mean, people kind of do that already. I remember that's why they banned Pokemon at my school. Oh, kids yeah. were fighting over them. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's been the subject of, I guess, many a, a but, children's television yeah. show. Uh, Recess, I think, had the best episode with monster cards. Do you not remember that episode? I never watched Recess except, oh like, one or two God. times. So there's an episode of Recess, uh, which is about five or six friends I know going the concept to of yeah. Recess. The, yeah. It's a time during the day. Uh, it had to be explained to me. I was homeschooled. I had no idea what Recess was. <laughs> really? Uh, this is, this is my education. I forgot about that. Um, so... Uh, the the episode oh yeah, recess is when you get up to wacky hijinks with your friends. What are friends? <laughs> <laughs> um, so the the plot of that episode is essentially a game store starts carrying these monster cards, which is essentially just Pokemon, and mm-hmm. everyone becomes obsessed with it to the point where one of the characters like all but drops out of school because he is so obsessed with these cards, and they have to like ban it, and everyone burns their cards, and it's it's actually kind of sad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it does sound sad. Uh, we're getting to my favorite part of the episode now. Uh, I think I've said that like three times. <laughs> um, so you remember earlier when I asked you if Kaiba could see Yugi's transformation? Yeah. I wonder how much of this part he sees because Kaiba's like... The giant glowing eyeball on his forehead? Yeah, because Kaiba's like, how could I have lost to him? Easy. Magic powers. Easy. Magic powers because then a giant glowing eye appears on Yugi's forehead. And he goes, Kaiba, if you truly want to know, open your mind. And everything turns like crazy inverted colors and gets all wibbly wobbly. And it's a close... Screen. It's, it's a close-up of Kaiba's face that breaks apart like shattered glass that falls, uh, revealing Kaiba behind the shattered glass, I guess. Uh, and he goes... I feel like uh, Yami Yugi just like broke this child's mind I, in revenge for coming up against him in this card game. I think he did. I think what happened there was like a a like Vulcan style mind meld where he showed Kaiba the infinite expanse and his place within it and like brought this 13-year-old child to his knees. The void of the cards. Right? Does it, it get into that 
later? Kind, like what he just did? Kind of. Okay. A little bit. Not really. Is it just magic bullshit? It's magic bullshit. Okay. But like, that's also the first time that we see legitimate magic bullshit in this show that could have happened before any of this. Yeah. Like, instead of being like, oh yeah, no, I'll totally duel you. He could have yeah. been like, oh, actually open your mind to the possibilities and you'll see that you're a shitty person. <laughs> like, oh, what's that? You're going to kidnap my grandpa? How if I just break your mind completely? Right. <laughs> it's like it's like if you took Stranger Things where you have a child with like telekinetic powers and you spent nine episodes just focusing on the nerds playing D&D and then at the end... You're like, oh, there are monsters in this kid. Yeah. Oh, you just, your character just died in D&D? Well, now I'm going to shatter your brain. Yeah, now the universe is unfolding. <laughs> um, Yugi's grandpa wakes up in the hospital. Uh, he was truly in the spirit realm. Uh, I guess, yeah. So he, he wakes Look, up, he's alive. He knows. he knows that Yugi won somehow. Again, magical bullshit. Uh, Taya says... So Taya's sort of sitting at his bedside when he wakes up, and she says to Christian, Grandpa's awake. They don't know him by any other name. Is he, is he biologically all of their grandfathers? <laughs> he had a lot of kids. Are they Those all kids cousins? Have a lot is, of kids. is that why they're such good friends? Are they all cousins? Maybe. You'd think they, uh, the hair gene would pass down, though. Since it seems so strong in That's Yugi. true. That's very true. Okay, so probably only genetically related to Yugi. Um, ah, Pegasus. So we're in the final scene, and I want you to frame this scene for me. It's, Pegasus is sitting in a pitch black room drinking wine. He's, he's got this, like, long, flowing, stark white hair covering He looks like Sashomaru, face. essentially. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's got, like, a very mysterious vibe going on. Um, if you've seen like the early covers for like Castlevania games where it shows Dracula, like that's the outfit that he's wearing. Yeah. It's like ruffles and blood red. He does actually kind of look like, uh, Edgeworth, another, yeah, another Ace Attorney. Another Ace Attorney. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Um, and, uh, someone shows up at his door and he says, Kaiba has been defeated in a duel, uh, by someone named Yugi. So the implication here is that, uh, Pegasus has spies in Kaiba Corp, t- just right. making sure to let him know if <laughs> if Kaiba ever loses a card game. Just any, just even for funsies. Yeah. Oh, and like if he loses a card game, come and tell me immediately. Right. <laughs> yeah. For all we know, this is as it happens. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, and then we see through uh. We see through Pegasus's hair part that he's got this like metal eye that flashes, that looks like In classic anime style. It looks like it the Millennium cleans. Puzzle. Yep. Ooh, ominous. What could it be? And, and then fade to black. And he says, "Hmm," and then fade to black, and then credits, which is just I think the opening credits in reverse, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah, it's just the the credits again. Uh, so that was episode one. That only took us about an hour to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, uh, an hour, no, to talk hour about and this, forty-eight minutes. We've been talking for, uh, two hours to talk about this twenty-minute <laughs> 20 episode. Um, I'm sure it'll only get faster from here, though. What is your opinion of this episode? How did you feel? Um, it set up the world very poorly. Yep. It didn't explain jack Anything. shit. Yep. Um, and 
it takes itself way too seriously. Accurate. Uh, the next episode is titled The Gauntlet is Thrown. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, and I guess that'll be the next episode that we cover. Um, is there anything that we should talk about before before the episode ends? I think we've talked I, long enough I about this I think we've talked long enough episode. about This episode is possibly the shittiest introduction to this world that we could possibly get. This was... I would agree. And it, and it was... It was different from those pieces of fiction where they don't ex- they don't give you that exposition up front. They just kind of like let you figure it out as you go. This was bits of exposition that don't actually explain what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> you like you try and piece it together, but it's talking as though you already know about it, kind of. Yes, and then it just adds in something else that breaks the last thing they talked about. Yeah. Like, oh, the most valuable card, Blue Eyes White Dragon. Duh, obviously. Oh, except for, apparently, these five cards that are unbeatable. Yeah. Whoops. Whoopsie, forgot to mention those. Like, if Grandpa valued any card more than the rest, it'd probably be Exodia, but I guess Exodia wasn't gifted to him by a dear friend. So, yeah, there we go. I don't know. Uh, Cool. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so next time we'll be covering The Gauntlet is Thrown. Uh, it's it's time. time to uh, 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 end this podcast. About time. <laughs> <laughs>